Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, man. Today we're going to talk about sports. We're not going to talk about the Jordan's last dance right now. I know we've talked about that through and through. We're going to talk about the NFL today, right? And so there is a, a new rule that is uh, a, might go into effect here pretty soon for NFL. And basically what the NFL is going to do is they're going to incentivize teams for hiring minority coaches and minority general managers. I don't know how I feel about this, guys. Um, and I'm going to tell you why I don't know how I feel about this, but let's start off to go with some small stats here, guys. Nearly 70 percent, it's actually like 68.6 percent of the players in the NFL are, are African-American. There are only four minority coaches in the entire NFL, three of those African-American, right? Only two minority general managers. So, I mean, so just think about this for a minute. You have a league that is comprised of nearly 70% African-American, but are so underrepresented in the coaching realms. Why is this? It is because it is the homeboy hookup club when it comes to the NFL owners. These billionaire owners have their friends, which, you know, let's be honest, these billionaire owners are white owners. They have their homeboys who they hook up and they get these guys hired and get jobs for people who are probably less qualified than some of those Guys who should be getting the job. Let's take, for instance, a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who was the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, guys. The Kansas City Chiefs just won a Super Bowl. Why? Not because of their great defense. Because of that amazing offense. Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator for that team. has been monumental in the development of Patrick Mahomes, who is the best player in the league right now. Eric Bieniemy, seven head coaching interviews. None picked him up to be a head coach. But we have guys who are getting head coaching jobs who shouldn't get a head coaching job. I'm not hating on anybody, but let's be honest, guys. Eric Bieniemy is a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Those same Kansas City Chiefs that had four double-digit comebacks in these last playoffs and then the turnaround and win by double digits. That is the offense, guys. That's not the defense. That's the offense. Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach. He's still an offensive coordinator. The Patriots have a guy like Joe Judge, who is the wide receivers coach. We're not even talking about an offensive coordinator. We're talking about a wide receiver coach, a position coach. It's now the head football coach for the New York Giants. Think about that for a minute. What has he done in his career? The position, the wide receiver position for the Patriots this past year is probably the worst position on their team. That's why they had to keep making. (laughs) That's why they had to keep trying to uh, uh, make some kind of ingenious efforts to try to get players in the field. They went for A.B., you know, for for a game, and he got kicked out because of his allegations. That's a whole other story. They had Josh Gordon on the team. Yeah. I mean, anybody's going to look good when you got studs there. But what did he do with the players that were there? This was Tom. It was one of Tom Brady's worst years passing because he had no weapons to pass to. And if you are worth your weight in gold in a position, Coach, what you do is you make, you know, you make a, a chicken salad out of chicken, you know what, you know. And if they thought that there was chicken, you know what, over there in the Patriots, then this guy should have made those guys look a little bit better, just a little bit, all right. But let's let's go back and let's take a look at this, guys. This 
rule kind of reminds me of 20, 30 years ago in the NFL where we didn't have many black quarterbacks. I mean, it was really known that you could be any player you wanted to be, any position that you wanted to be in the field if you were black, except the quarterback. Thank God for a guy named Doug Williams who shattered the mold with that, with being the first African-American quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Guys from Grambling. I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. Go ahead. Go ahead, GSU Tigers, baby. Um, then you had other quarterbacks come to this league that are African-American that did some great things. You had Warren Moon, Hall of Famer, Randall Cunningham. You had the Dante Culpeppers. You had the Donovan McNabbs. Okay? You had Russell Wilson, Super Bowl winner. Then this past year, we had Lamar Jackson, who's the MVP of the league. And then Patrick Mahomes, black quarterback, Super Bowl winning MVP of the Super Bowl. One year. In one year, we had two MVPs that were black. One was the MVP of the league. One was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Very unprecedented. We got a Dak Prescott who's in the league right now who is doing amazing things as a as a quarterback in this league. You know, we can go on for days and days on the evolution of the black quarterback. And it is it is good to see that starting to happen. And you have a Deshaun Watson. How can I forget about Deshaun Watson? I mean, but you, you're seeing this this evolution. And it, it is great to see that evolution. And I am so happy to be uh, in this era where you're seeing the black quarterback flourish. You have a Kyler Murray out there in Arizona. You got a Tyrod Taylor who is going to be the starter here for the Chargers and who's kind of bounced around the league, but he has clocked some great minutes for a bunch of teams. You had a Michael Vick back in the day. I mean, the black quarterback has has, has taken root and and grown and sprouted out, and it's like a rose from it's, it's like a rose from a concrete. You know, they're going to flourish wherever you put them. It took years and years for the NFL to come along to do that. And now the NFL is, I see what they're trying to do. They want to make sure that um, the the coaches, the coaches are representative of what's in that league. It's almost like, I don't want to put this, I'm not going to equate coaches to policemen, but it's almost like when you are, when you grew up in a certain neighborhood and your neighborhood is a is a predominant you know color, you know you. If things happen in that neighborhood and there's a police officer who, is not from that same cloth, isn't cut from that same cloth, uh, doesn't understand the neighborhood, doesn't represent you, they don't understand it. You know you want somebody that represents you to be in some of those positions because they understand, and not just about the understanding piece, but the NFL. These guys are deserving. So NFL, are you saying are you saying that the players are good enough to play? You got these minority players that are good enough to play, but they're not good enough to coach. Is that the message that's being sent? Because that's what it seems like it's being sent right now. It seems like that is the message that is being sent by the NFL. And I don't like it. I don't like it. And I see that they're trying to clean it up, but this is the wrong way to clean it up. As an African-American, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. Um, this rule makes it seem like you know, the minorities who will end up getting picked for these drum manager jobs, the minorities that end up getting picked for these head coaching jobs, these guys are going to be like, um, I wouldn't say like the tokens, uh, but 
minorities shouldn't be the prize for these teams. They shouldn't be a prize. The NFL owners should do the right thing and just hire the right people and stop doing the homeboy hookup program. You know, uh, it just is what it is. Like I say, you have a league that is comprised of nearly 70% African-Americans, but there are only four minority coaches in the whole league, two minority general managers. So a total of six minority coaches and general managers that are over these players. So you're saying that the African-Americans, the, the, the Latins, the Asians are good enough players to play in this league, but not good enough players to evaluate talent. They are the league. You think they know what talent is, right? They're not good enough players to coach eventually and be good head coaches. You know, think about that for a minute. So they're good enough to play and dissect the game and know how to do everything in this game and know everybody's position on the field. But after life, after football, they can't coach. Or even guys that are not as talented to be able to be stars in this league, but they have played some time in this league. They're good enough to play three or four years, but not good enough to coach at the highest of levels. But you get guys who don't have nearly the experience and they're the crown jewels to be coaches. Prime example, and I'm not hating on this guy because I think this guy is a good coach. But look, let's let's keep it real. You have a guy like Cliff Kingsbury who coaches the Arizona Cardinals, and he got fired from his college job because he couldn't field a defense and wasn't an effective head coach in the Big 12 at Texas Tech. And he gets hired on to be the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. So let's think about that for a minute. You get fired from a middle-tier college uh, team. And then you get hired to be the criminal crop of your profession, one of the 32 NFL head coaches. What did he do to deserve that? You know, I mean, it's like highway robbery. Nothing against Cliff Kingsbury. I like him as a coach. I do. But it just doesn't back. It just doesn't validate what is going on. Your minority coaches don't get those opportunities. Let's look at a guy like Willie Taggart who single-handedly built up South Florida, went to go coach at Oregon uh, for a season, then went to Florida State. Now, Florida State was a dumpster fire, and they still are. But what can you do at that school when they're a straight dumpster fire? He doesn't get the opportunity. He's going to get that one shot, and he got that one shot. He got fired from Florida State. Do you think an NFL team called him and said, hey, you did such a great job of building up USF to be a team that – I don't know, went undefeated one year and then lost one game the next year? No, he doesn't get the opportunity. These minority coaches get one shot to do it. And if it don't succeed at that one shot, they don't get an opportunity anymore. Or it's very rare. It's very rare. Very rare. All right? Let's look at guys like, for instance, on football side of the house, Jeff Fisher. He took the, the Titans to one Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl barely. I was pulling for the Titans that year. It's a big Steve McNair fan. Yes, yeah, Steve McNair. I didn't even talk about Aaron McNair as one of the black quarterbacks who broke some of those barriers too. But Jeff Fisher coaches that team. They go to the Super Bowl. They come one yard short. But look at Jeff Fisher's record throughout his whole career. He is like a 500 coach his whole career. And just before he got out of the league a few years ago, he was like the highest paid or the second highest paid coach in the league. He got chance after chance after chance. Why? Why? I don't get it. I just don't get it. You know? So it's a lot to take in, guys. What do you guys think about that, man? What do you guys 
honestly think about that. What do you think about this rule that teams will get better draft picks for hiring a minority coach or general manager? I'm not a fan of it. I think teams just do the right thing and hire the right people. And a lot of these right people are minorities, but they don't they don't hire them. They do not hire them. And I don't understand why not. There are a lot of great guys in this league that are good. Like Eric Bieniemy, like I said, is one. He should be a head coach somewhere. He should be a head coach somewhere. And I don't understand why he's not. Seven interviews, guys. No head coaching job. Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Monumental in the development of Patrick Mahomes. No head coaching job. Joe Judge has a Joe Judge has a head coaching job. Wide receiver coach. Worst position for the Patriots last year. He gets a head coaching job the next year for the Giants in a big time market. Think about that. Huge market. New York head coach. So let's think about that for a minute, guys. What do you guys think about that? Do you guys agree with the NFL for incentivizing the teams for hiring minority coaches and GMs? Or do you think it's not a good thing? Do you think that the NFL should just do the right thing and hire the right people? And a lot of the times the right people are minorities, but it's like the NFL is scared to do it. Think about that. Let me know what you guys think. But on that note, guys, man, I'm going to get out of here today. Here's a quick, quick, quick session today. And, um, you know, just talk about that one issue. Now, you know what? I lied. Let's go to a commercial break. We're going to talk about something else. All right, guys, we're back, man. I told you guys I had a, a topic that I wanted to talk about, and it is Cam Newton. Cam Newton is still not on a team right now. Let's think about this for a minute. Cam Newton, former, former league MVP, former Super Bowl playing quarterback, didn't win that game. He got beaten that game, but uh, league MVP, a guy who is immensely talented, is still not on the team. Why? Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm looking at some of the teams and who they have at quarterback. The Raiders just picked up Marcus Mariota. Mariota. Nothing against Mariota at all. Cam's a better quarterback. Uh, look at teams like the Jaguars have a Gardner Minshew. I like Gardner Minshew. Cam's a better quarterback. Look at the Patriots. They have Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. Cam will go in there and be the day one starter. Day one. And if Bill Belichick is what people say he is about the, about the Belichick and the Patriot way, then Cam will fall in line and they'll win a lot of games. Uh, guys like Phillip Rivers gets time after time. He played, what, 16 years for the Chargers. Now he's with the Colts. It's coming off a, a season where he had 20 picks. You know, um, if, if, if if Jameis was in the league, he would be in the top, I guess, one or two. to He, he probably led the league in picks last year if Jameis didn't play, right? Quarterbacks get time after time, but Cam doesn't. Cam doesn't have any off-the-field problems. He doesn't have any on-the-field problems. A lot of people say he's one of the best motivators that, you know, that they play with. And I don't think it is – uh, a problem with Cam, the, the person. I don't think he's crazy and delusional like people think. I think that the NFL and some of these teams haven't caught up with the culture or with Cam. Cam is just, he, he dresses the way he dresses. Some, some people don't like the way he dresses. I think that has a lot to do with it because he's not an arrogant guy. Oh, we can beg to differ on that one. A lot of quarterbacks are arrogant, but he's not a in-your-face, I'm-better-than-you guy. 
His teammates love to play with him. He seems like, he, seems like he's a great leader. He goes out there and he plays hurt. Uh, his skills haven't diminished, folks. He just he just got injured one year, and now all of a sudden he's this broken up quarterback. I don't get it. Somebody give that manager. I would love to see Cam in the Patriots uniform. I would love it. Patriots, get you some wide receivers and go get Cam. I would love to see it. Love to see it. Sonny Michelle in the backfield, decent offensive line in front of you in that Patriot defense. Kind of reminds you of what Cam had in uh, in Carolina when he went to the Super Bowl that year. A great defense, and Cam carried that offense, you know? So why doesn't Cam have a job? I have no idea. I think people are scared of what he brings to the team as far as his appearance, his culture. Yes, he's a little out there, but so are a lot of the players. We don't get mad at Fitzpatrick for the beard and everything. We don't, you know, Ben Roethlisberger still has a job. We know the pass that he had, the little the checkered pass and that he has, you know, uh, not once but a couple times. You know, we'll give everybody else a pass, but when somebody doesn't act like you want them to act, we'll just say throw them to the wolves. And I just don't get it. Cam should have a job. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater just got a $20 million a year deal, three-year, $21 million a year to go replace Cam in Kansas – not in Kansas City, God, I'm sorry – in, uh, in uh, Carolina. And he played for it. Those five or six games with the Saints, they weren't winning because of Teddy. They were winning because their defense was stout. They weren't winning because – Teddy wasn't putting up numbers when he won those five games. He wasn't, and he got paid off that. And I, and I applaud Teddy. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I like him. I loved him when he was at Louisville. Uh, I liked him when he was with the Vikings. I hate that he got hurt, but I'm glad he went over to the Saints and learned from Drew. However, the Saints weren't winning because of Teddy. They were winning because that defense and that team was pretty stacked. So you don't think Cam could have done the same things? Teddy's getting paid $20, $21 million a year because of five games. Look. Let's check some quarterbacks out. Let's look at some backup quarterbacks. Let me go through this list, guys. I'm looking at uh, Sports Washington. So Tyrod Taylor. I think Cam is better than Tyrod. I do. Tyrod is going to be the starter in in, in San Diego. San Diego's coach basically came out and said that they're not going to get Cam. They looked at it for a minute, but they're happy with him, uh, with Tyrod Taylor and then backup some – I forgot his name. Josh Rosen for Miami. Cam's better than Josh Rosen. And I know the fit wouldn't be right because you got Fitz, Fitzpatrick there. Rosen's out of the door anyway because Tua's going to be there. So I got it. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, like we said. Jameis is now the backup for, for Drew, so we understand that. Nick Mullins from San Francisco. I think Cam's better than him. <laughs> I think Cam's better than Jimmy G. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say it. Jimmy G ain't that tough. He ain't that tough. He's a good-looking kid that played quarterback. That's why he got what he got. He played seven games for the, for the uh, Patriots. Seven games. And then gets a $28 million a year contract with San Francisco. Come on, man. Seven games? Come on, man. Come on, man. Brian Hoyer. Cam better than Brian Hoyer. He plays. He's the backup for the Patriots. I Pray to God that Cam goes to the Patriots and puts Brian Hoyer and sit him on the bench and does great things over there. I want to see him do good things. Another backup quarterback, Matt Moore for Kansas City. Cam's better than Matt Moore. 
These are backups. I'm not even talking about starters. I think the Steelers team, the Steelers, Mason Rudolph, he's a backup there. I think Cam, if he wants to take a backup role, and if he's finally taking a backup role, if I'm Cam, I'm going to the Steelers because Ben's going to not come in shape. He's just not. He's going to be hurt for a little bit. He always is every year. He's getting at the end of his career. Cam will come in there and save it. I think he'd be great there. Pittsburgh's my my team. I would want him to go to if he doesn't go to the Patriots. Patriots is my number one team I want him to go to. If he can't go to the Patriots, I want him to go to Pittsburgh or Jacksonville. And since we're talking about Jacksonville, since we're talking about Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew, Cam's better than Gardner Minshew. Now, the Rams, their backup quarterback is Blake Portals. But Cam is better than Blake Portals. And he's better than Josh, uh, Jared Goff. He's, he, yeah, Cam's better than Goff. You know, I understand that they can't bring him in because Goff is getting paid. But Cam's better than both those guys in that roster. We talked about Gardner Minshew. So, is Cam being blackballed in the league right now? I don't know. A lot of my friends are saying that he is a deteriorating quarterback and he's injury prone, which I don't think he's injury prone. He has one injury and now he's injury prone. If that's the case, and Tony Rumble should have never played another snap in the league because every time you touch him, he got hurt. And I'm a Cowboy fan, okay? So I'm not just talking about him because he was a Cowboy quarterback. I am a Cowboy fan. I love the freaking Dallas Cowboys. Tony Rumble gets breathed on, he's hurt, all right? So Cam gets hurt one year he misses a season now he's injury prone come on man get out of here but it's can be in black ball mm, i don't know man i don't know but it sure doesn't seem right um but he should definitely have a job somewhere he should not be sitting somewhere on somebody's couch um he should he, he shouldn't be sitting at home on his couch while while brian hoyer has a job he shouldn't be sitting on his couch while josh rosen has a job or blake bortles has a job and I like Gardner Minshew, but Cam shouldn't be sitting on the couch while Gardner Minshew has a job. But on, the, on that note, guys, man, I'm out of here today, guys. Nino's Corner, I'm out. Do you. Don't be afraid to fail. I'll grow your environment. Understand your brilliance. Out. Salute you guys. Love y'all, man. Out.